When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. I think that a lot of queer people just go into debt because it's like, are are you going to do the thing that, I mean, not to be like so intense, but are you going to do the thing that, that makes you happy that you've been waiting to do? Uh, or are you going to like pay, you know, pay $500 for this, you know, medicine that you, that you really, really need? Cause I felt the sadness, like I felt the level of sadness. And like, if I wasn't so therapized and also if I, I didn't have the amount of friends that I had or whatever, like there's a risk of suicide. Like I don't think people realize how deeply – like it's not just like, oh, I'm sad. I can't do this. It's like dysphoria. It's like it's like a really, really bad. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Get this. According to a Mount Sinai article, an estimated 1.4 million people in the U.S. are transgender, which can come at a heavy price tag. The cost of medical treatments can add up to more than $100,000 and they're often not covered by health insurance. 
So considering two in three Americans couldn't cover a $400 emergency when they're staring at $100,000 or more to transition, you can see why Gabe thinks a lot of queer people are just going to go into debt. But the question is, can you put a cost on what you need to do to become authentically you? So we recorded this interview earlier this year, and I knew I wanted to save it to air during Pride Month. I'm just really passionate about sharing these inclusive topics and conversations on this podcast. And even if you yourself are not queer, or you've been struggling where to even start in your transitioning journey, Hearing Gabe's story and wisdom can only help you be more accepting of those who are transitioning. Gabe Dunn is a New York Times bestselling author, comedian, LGBTQ advocate, and just all around cool person, as you'll see in a minute. They are also the host of the Bad With Money podcast and the author of the book Bad With Money. In this episode, Gabe shares their story of transitioning. Why it's important to find a community of friends and hopefully family as a support system. How to navigate the healthcare system and help you understand the costs of transitioning and the options to pay for it all. All right, let's start talking. You know, something we have in common is this belief that the financial system in America is broken (laughs) and probably a reason why you started your podcast bad with money. But You know, the financial system in particularly is unfair when it comes to any one of those deemed different, like people of color and the LGBTQ community. So I really want to just dive into all of this in this episode and talk about the costs of transitioning, something you've recently been through. But first, in an article on them, you shared that financial literacy is a queer issue. You say, it's a queer issue in the sense that it's a human issue. We are a particularly vulnerable community. There are laws constantly being made that make it harder for us to save money and keep money. And they keep people in vulnerable positions. I could not agree with you more, Gabe. So just to start us off, like, tell us more about why is financial literacy a queer issue? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons that it's a queer issue. Um, you know, I think queer people come out, let's say, at a young age and are rejected by their family of origin uh, and so are required at an earlier age to deal with their own finances. Um, There are extra costs to being queer, whether like, you know, my thing about transition and the cost of transition and um, all the little things, but also, you know, the big things that we think of like surgery or hormones. And then... um, it's just like, I mean, we, we, the wedding industrial complex kind of came for queer people in this really big way once marriage equality was uh, passed in 2015. But also before that, I mean, going back to the AIDS crisis where uh, your partner of, you know, 10 years would pass away and you had no legal rights, their family would come in and take everything, even if your partner left things to you, it wouldn't matter. Um, so there haven't historically been protections. You could be fired from your job for being trans. You could be fired from your job for being gay. Um, you know, even down to all the stuff that's going on now with accusations of grooming based on just nothing. Um, you know, how does one find work in, let's say, if their field is performance? Um, right. so there is, there's just constantly things that are, like not talked about in terms of like the queer experience. And I just wanted to do a show where I took that stuff into account. I mean, even typically like 
the rise in un- the unhoused population. A lot of uh, like many of the unhoused people, I don't know the exact statistics, but are queer youth, um, disability benefits and disability. Like even if you can get married as a gay couple, disability uh, benefits are cut once you're married because you're uh, you, you cannot make more than $2,000 a month, basically. So a lot of disabled people have said, well, gay marriage passed, but not for me. Um, you know, there's tons of uh, doing um, adoption or IVF, which I know straight couples go through as well, and other queer couples don't have to go through. But um, yeah, there's just kind of a, an array of things that I think are glossed over or not thought of um, when it comes to financial literacy. And also, you know, I think there's a, a, a distrust of financial institutions and organizations that comes from young people where like Gen Z is one of the largest queer populations um, or at least out queer populations uh, because of, you know, changing social norms right, in the right. Overton window. But, but yeah, so uh, those people are, you know, we went through a financial crisis. Maybe we watched our parents go through a financial crisis. Uh, they, these kids went through that, went through a pandemic, went through political unrest in 2020. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of them have the idea of like, why trust the government? Why trust financial, in- financial institutions, especially when they haven't been kind um, to people like them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, there's a lot stacked up there that you, that you talked about. You know, this is a, you know, of course, like a million dollar crystal ball question, mm-hmm. but like, how, how does this change? How do we change this? <clears throat> well, getting politically involved was a good move. I think a lot of young people suddenly felt like they could have a voice and a shot and like, you know, people um, there have been people getting into local office that have given me a lot of hope. I think there has to be a way to reach queer people that doesn't promote capitalism as the be all end all because queer people, yes, there are queer people who are capitalists. Yes, there are queer people who they're just trying to make money. I think there's a divide between and I've found that with myself and the work of my peers, which I'm still friends with these people and I respect them and I recommend their work and everything. But there is a difference between my show, which is uh, very much like coming at it from a, I'm, I'm not trying to make you rich. I just want you to survive um, versus, you know, other shows that are like, it's actually feminist uh, and queer liberation to become wealthy. Those are different, uh, you know, strategies. But I think like being able to give people, especially queer people, especially young people, options like, hey, this is one way to do things. You also don't have to immediately become the most like, I need to become a billionaire right now and hoard all my (laughs) wealth type person because that just comes off as unappealing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And it's really interesting. You talk about those different perspectives. Um, you know, we saw in in 2022 more anti-LGBTQ laws imposed and proposed. And, you know, I read in a couple of articles really targeted the trans community more than any other year. You know, I'm wondering, Gabe, like, how do you see these laws impacting not only our civil liberties, but also really having a financial impact on anyone who is trans? 
I mean, it's wild because, I mean, I should have expected things to come back around, but like it goes back to people don't realize like it goes back to like the 1970s with Anita Bryant, the, the, a woman in um, Florida who was trying to make sure that gay people weren't allowed to be teachers. Uh, And like then into the nineties where people were getting fired for being gay and finding out that they were teachers or you could be fired from any other job for being found out to be LGBTQ. Um, And like trans people, I mean, God, they were on Jerry Springer and that's it. Like there was right, right, right. I, I remember like the pregnant man being like, Oh my God, this is a tabloid. Totally. And, and so I think like it's, I want, you know, it's like, Oh, this is so new, but these politicians are actually like, (laughs) to be funny about it, they're being hacked. Like this is old school. This is like the same shit that they were trying to do forever. Just, in order to, I'm not sure, legislate away queer people, but it does take away our ability to make money because it is trying to to back people out of jobs. Um, and so I think maybe they think that if we create a hostile enough environment where queer and trans people can't work, can't exist in public, uh, they'll just stop existing, which has literally never, <laughs> right. never worked, never been the case, like not going to happen. But I mean, the the idea of of going after drag for being grooming i had a uh i saw a very f- insightful message from um a a drag queen named Jackie Cox where she was like i'm just curious how this is different than so- someone being in costume at your children's birthday party or a clown or a princess or wow. yeah. like children understand people in costumes they get it um and so, you know, I I think then it really cuts to the core of like this is just to keep them from being able to exist in public, therefore perform, therefore make money. I mean, even, you know, the drag laws, uh, they're so vague that now if a trans person wants to sing at a nightclub, it affects that nightclub and it affects their business. Um, and so it gets down to the real root of it, which is like, if we can keep queer and trans people from being able to make a living, we can maybe make them stop being queer and trans. And that's been going on since queer and trans people were, were like, <laughs> right. start, were like known about by the mainstream society. It is, I mean, the logic behind it just blows my mind. But mm-hmm. I know that's, you know, that's what's happening. I mean, that's what they, you know, I'm using, I'm using they in the word, but, you know, that they have tried to do to women all these years. I mean, it really wasn't until mm-hmm. like the 70s that even women could get a credit card, which was just blows my mind. Yeah. But it's just the oppression is, is just, it's, it's crazy. It's just unfathomable. They could get a credit card with a husband's signature. Right. Thus, again, eliminating lesbian couples. <laughs> Right. Yeah. All together. All together. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's just crazy to me that um, we continue to not evolve past that, you know, and that we're that we're still we're still talking about this. It just comes up in different forms. And then everyone who's doing it thinks they're original. <laughs> but it's the same <laughs> right. thing over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, 
you know, we, we've never done an episode like this on the show, which is why I, I think it's so important to, you know, we, we're talking about the cost of, of transitioning the process, mm-hmm. everything that you've been through over the last year or so. You did this great episode on your podcast where you took emails and voicemails from listeners, you know, talking about their experience with transitioning, the costs of transitioning. And, you know, I, I'm wondering, you know, what did you learn from those listeners who were on your show? Did you find out like any new information or are people still you know, kind of lost and confused about about the process, the costs, et cetera, you know, through going through transitioning? Well, I think it's been great because again, like through time in memoriam, trans people have helped and reached out to each other and shared information even before the internet, even any possible way they could, they found each other and and shared information, shared names of doctors, shared ways to get hormones shared tips and tricks for how to dress. Like that's always been part of the community. Uh, And so the big community aspect has kind of stayed the same. And I think the internet has allowed even more people to see their options and to see what, what just what they could even be or look like or think about or expand, you know, their gender into, um, which is amazing. You know, it's kind of that thing of like, there are more trans people and it's like, there's just more trans people that you know about. Right. Um, and so the, the listener emails were, I mean, I'm still learning. I've, I've been out for about a year. I'm still learning along with everyone else. There's types of surgeries I didn't even know about. There's all sorts of stuff. And, um, and so my listeners wrote in and at first it was largely trans men or trans masculine people. And then after the episode, I was like, come on, where are the trans femmes? And then a few of them wrote in. <laughs> um, but it was like, of course, my entire audience is trans guys. But uh, so, I mean, for me, you know, the the cost of um, wearing a binder, buying a binder. Uh, and now that I've had top surgery, I just uh, did a giveaway of of my binders because they're they cost like 50, 60 bucks or whatever. Um, and it's deeply unsafe to bind with, uh, with ACE bandages, which people do. Um, and you need like this particular garment. So giving those away for free, which I've seen a lot of other trans people do. Um, it's just kind of like this, you know, this sort of in- exchange of information, exchange of resources that makes me really optimistic. But, you know, people crowdfund their surgeries. Um, people, there was a lot of stuff in regards to like changing out your wardrobe. So like, I can't recommend enough, like finding a trans woman friend and then just switching clothes, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like there's, there's, um, it was a really interesting episode, especially because, you know, there are things that I'm not particularly, like, I, I haven't really focused on my voice or training my voice. Um, although now I think I have to, because it's getting deeper, but I haven't, I haven't worked on that at all. And then I found out, you know, oh, there are apps that can actually like help you track your voice and like help you with changing your voice. Didn't even know that that was a thing. Didn't even know that, that there were apps that could help. Um, so like, yeah, there's always more information, especially that I could learn. And especially that, people, I I don't want to say like, oh, you have to change your voice. Cause sometimes truthfully, sometimes I'll learn about something that other people are doing and I'll be like, oh my God, is that something I should be doing? Why didn't I know to do that? Oh my God. (laughs) But it's just, it's just, 
it's just suggestions. It's not like this is what every single person has to do. Right. There isn't a rule book to follow. <laughs> no, no. I think that's why I think, you know, I've been on testosterone since April. No, May maybe. And I wanted to for, for New Year's post like a, you know, side by side of my progress. But I realized that when I was first starting, it made me feel really dysphoric and sad to see that the pictures of these people's before looked like me and I didn't want to be a before mm. picture. So then I thought, okay, I'm not going to post that. So, the, you know, there's just, um, I think there's stuff that I think people should know is optional. <laughs> you don't have to have top surgery. You don't have to wear a binder. You don't have to grow facial hair. Like, you know, you don't have to do, you don't have to switch out your clothes if you don't want to, et cetera, et cetera. These are just things that were important to certain people. And so they had costs. And then some people, it's really important to them and they can't afford to do it. So what are the tricks to do that? Okay. Listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today. And I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses and I manage all of our household to-dos. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized because that's not one of my strengths without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup, or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash etm and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you are supporting our show. Notion.com slash ETM. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private 
by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Yeah, so t- talking about that a little bit, you you had top surgery. I know I was reading myself a couple articles and I saw like a wide range of costs. You know, they talked about top mm-hmm. surgery somewhere between like 3 and 10,000, bottom surgery around, you know, somewhere around 25,000, but then a couple articles even talked about these surgeries, you know, costing over $100,000. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what really s- stuck out at me was this article on on Insider that said just how expensive it is to be yourself, which I thought was just, yeah, I mean, when you think about it that way, you know, just to transition into who you feel you actually are, that there's a cost associated with that. So, you know, you mentioned a a few things, but, you know, tell us about the costs associated with transitioning, kind of what your experience has been with those thus far. I luckily have good insurance, but Initially, when I was first starting to get testosterone, and I chronicled this a bit on my TikTok, uh, they had uh, there was like some miscommunications with my insurance, and so they had the testosterone at the pharmacy, but it was going to cost like I don't know, like four hundred dollars or something, five hundred dollars. And I was like, they were like, you can have it now and pay that, or you can wait for insurance to to go through. And I was crying at the pharmacy which is my favorite emo <laughs> right. band. And, um, <laughs> and, and then they were like, and so I, so I had to wait for it to clear. And there was like, again, a series of miscommunications uh, where it ended up now being like $5, which is such a, like, that's a big difference. About the healthcare system and just Jesus Christ. But so it was like this thing where I could see what I wanted across the desk 
and I couldn't have it. And so it took about seven weeks. Um, and I, so many times during that seven weeks, I just was like, maybe I could just put it on a credit card. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I eventually ended up waiting, but it was like psychological torture. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Right. And I think, I think a lot of people have, uh, you know, do things to make themselves feel more themselves that are, you know, that cis people do. They get breast implants, they put makeup, they buy expensive makeup, they, um, you know, men get, uh, hair transplants or will get expensive sneakers that look like their favorite basketball player or whatever. Like people are doing gender affirming stuff all the time. It just so happens to be like incredibly politicized and also like, um, just more expensive, I think, for trans people because you're kind of starting over if you want to. Okay, so you you talked about health insurance, right? And uh, I've I've been curious about this because we know that health insurance plans and what they cover, particularly with like the Affordable Care Act, has been changing. Um, but I read this in uh, on the website of the National Center for Transgender Equality. It said that it's illegal for most private insurance plans to deny coverage for medically necessary transition-related care, your private insurance plan should provide you the coverage for the care that you need. However, many transgender people continue to face discriminatory denials. So kind of have like a two-parter question here for you. You know, first, like where does a person start with their health insurance to figure out, you know, what is covered and and what isn't covered? Yeah. So it was interesting because I went through my Writers Guild of America insurance, which is Anthem Blue Cross. And uh, Writers Guild sent out a pamphlet actually being like, we are trans rights and here's what we cover. (laughs) Um, But then I still uh, didn't, I still, like it still was sort of vague. And so I ended up going to uh, a couple of consults for different surgeons I knew that they covered UCLA because that was where I was already getting my testosterone from, but I still had to go. So I, I went to different consults, which by the way, takes time. One of the consults was at a place called Krieger and they charge you like an $100 consult fee and I didn't end up going with them. So that was just money in the wind. Um, but it's good. It's good to know because you you want to pick a surgeon for top surgery that you vibe with that you like their demeanor that is a good surgeon like and I just um I I just didn't vibe with this guy but he's done other friends and they liked him but um so I then I was like okay I'll go to the gender clinic at UCLA and there's three surgeons there and I decided I I asked different friends I asked around I looked at their results I said okay I decided to go with this one guy Andrew DeLeo so I went with him and I met with him and then his, uh, his, I, I, we, we, tr- we applied through insurance. Like I went through insurance through his, you know, his right. people put it through. It took a lot of time. I will say the one, the one bad thing about this man's, uh, business is that, uh, you have to follow up all the time. So like 90% of, you know, I mean, I like a big, it became a full-time job. For me to be like, are we moving forward? Is this is this happening? Is the insurance happening? What you know, like I I emailed and pestered them a lot, which took a lot of time. Uh, and then I um, yeah, and then 
I had to factor in like taking time off work and not being able to um, lift my arms. Oh, first, so for insurance, first, uh, you have to get, you have to go to a, a, your therapist or a psychiatrist and they have to write you a gender letter, which goes Ooh, with okay. your insurance. So it goes with your insurance. So they have to write you a letter that's like, this person has dysphoria and I have seen it. And this is, and this is, uh, how it manifests and whatever. Um, which my, my therapist of like eight years did. But if you don't have a therapist, like you have to like get a doctor or a therapist or someone to write this letter, which is kind of annoying. It used to be, the letter used to be like, this person has been living as male for one year. But what does that even mean? Like, it's exactly, so vague. Right? It's so vague. Like, it doesn't, um, it doesn't, like... <laughs> I'm trying to see what my gender letter said. It was like, what did it say? It was like so, it's so funny to be like, um, to just have this necessary. Like, it was just like, I am writing to fully endorse Gabe Dunn undergo gender confirming surgery. Gabe is bright, level-headed, and comes across as an open and willing participant to the therapeutic work we have done together. They have to say, like, who will take care of me? They used quotes from me. I, they had to say that um, that I have extensive support and this is I have a steady job and there are pe- here are the names of people in my life who could help take care of me. Like, it was wild. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, then after – then I went to the surgery. Then after the surgery – and like everything was covered, which was incredible. And then it was like probably going to be, I, I saw the, the number and it was like $20,000 total. Um, anesthesia is included. Oh, like, you know, staying at the hospital was included. Um, and then after, and then I spent about $300 at CVS in the week before buying gauze, band-aids, straws, um, all kinds of stuff, uh, applesauce packets, um, surgical tape, uh, what else? Like Tylenol. Like I just filled out a bag of, you know, stuff that I might Necessary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, little grabbers because you can't lift your arms and, uh, button up shirts and zip up shirts because that's all you can wear for like two weeks. Spray deodorant because you can't move your arm to, so you have to like, you know, like, um, just a bunch of stuff that, uh, luckily my friends in the community had made this, uh, list of things, like there, it was passed around this list of things you, you will need. Um, and then even so, like, I, you know, I have this little dog, I can't lift him. So I had to like have a friend help me take care of him. I had to have a friend help feed this outdoor cat that I feed. Like there were so many moving parts. My friend who was taking care of me was able to, uh, get caretaker time off work, which was really wild and, and just like so wonderful. Uh, and so they gave him, you know, leave to do that. And, but yeah, it was like really, uh, there was a, there was a lot of uh, stuff that I just could not have done alone. And a lot of costs, it sounds like above and beyond. Oh, a lot of costs laying. I mean, just 
laying around and not being able to to work or finish my work. I I couldn't I missed two episodes of the podcast like Allison and Melissa did just between us without me. Um, I took I've like, you know, taken time off of my other podcasts. Like these are all things that I make money doing that um, are not, you know, I wasn't able to do. Also, like just uh, ordering food because you can't cook. Um, You know, there's like so there were so many different little things that just kept coming up and um, with the surgery and every and and it's like, it's like, I can't, I'm trying to think of all the little tiny things, but there truly were so many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I want to talk a little bit, you mentioned you were thinking, you know, when the testosterone was was going to be $400, you were thinking, well, let me just pull out, pull out my credit card, you know, I'll, I'll just I'll pay for it that way. And, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about like some of the options to pay for a lot of these expenses, or if they're expenses that maybe your health insurance a uh, company doesn't pay for, you know, just to just to be really prepared. And I kind of came up with a list of of some things that I thought about. You know, I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on them. I mean, there's always personal loans. We've got credit cards. Mm-hmm. There's medical credit cards like Care.com. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you own a home, there's like home equity loans or lines of credit. You've got flexible spending and health savings accounts. Health I even saw where accounts. there. Were- Yes. I even saw where there were some grants potentially available. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned crowdfunding. And so, I mean, all of these, of course, have, you know, pluses and minuses. I mean, for me, from like a money perspective, I would be thinking about like, what are your interest rates? You know, how long Mm -hmm. uh, is it going to take you to kind of pay off, you know, this extra amount? But, you know, as you're talking, I'm also thinking about it's probably pretty difficult to even estimate, you know, how much money you would actually really need to to spend. So it probably is going to really depend on, um, you know, which avenue of these you, you use, depending on, you know, just how much out of pocket you're really going to have to come. Yeah. And I'm only talking about double incision top surgery. There's all kinds of other types of top surgery. Um, and uh, there's all kinds of other surgeries, like you mentioned, bottom surgeries of, of different types. Um, and so all of that is, is super expensive and also requires a lot of time off work. HSAs, I, a, a, a couple of friends of mine, I know used, uh, health savings accounts for top surgery related stuff. And, uh, they seem to think that those, that those, they seem to have good experiences with those. And I think that a lot of queer people just go into debt because it's like, it's like, are are you going to do the thing that i mean not to be like so intense but are you going to do the thing that that makes you happy that you've been waiting to do uh or are you going to like pay you know pay $500 for this you know medicine that you, that you really really need cuz i felt the sadness like i felt the level of sadness and like if i wasn't so uh therapized and also if I, I didn't have the amount of friends that I had or whatever like there's a risk of suicide like I don't think people realize how deeply like it's not just like oh I'm sad I can't do this it's like dysphoria it's like it's like a right, really yeah. really bad it feels very bad I don't know how to explain it so like <laughs> so like I could see someone just just being like, I'll rack up as much debt as possible and deal with it later because I want to be myself. And um, 
and maybe they're not thinking of interest rates again that that like you said interest rates should be top of mind um but yeah there's i could totally see why someone would just go go ahead with this stuff and then be like okay i'll deal with it later once i have everything that i that i need to like base level be myself i think i think personal loan is hard. I, I those are so those have such high interest rates um crowdfunding i know seems embarrassing and people get really like socially anxious about it but people absolutely want to help and like they i see people boosting to, like you know surgery and hormones crowdfunding all the time even though like it's just so dystopian that we have to do that uh right exactly but you know the community that's one benefit is that the community does want to help um, I think like going to the LGBT center and asking, you know, seeing if there's someone you could talk to about different options. Um, I know that there's trans care workers, like there's, there's trans care networks. So there's people that like, will you can have them help you. After, I, it's weird. I know they're a stranger or whatever, but like there are people, there are networks and people that will help you after surgery. Uh, like other trans people who feel like giving back or people who feel like giving back. Um, that you should look out for. Facebook has a lot of really great resources and um, queer groups. Uh, Reddit has been helpful to me with like hearing different stories and diff- and you can like, you know, different posts like on the FTM Reddit or um, on the Top Surgery Reddit or, you know, I'm sure there's MTF Reddit uh, where you can post like what were people's options? What did people do? Um, it really is just like talking to other people in the community. And if somebody's like, hey, I put it on this particular credit card and it really worked out for me, great. Uh, if I, you know, <clears throat> decided to, I don't know, if they're like, I, I decided to do a garage sale and it really helped. Like something, there's there's people with all kinds of ideas that are going through the exact same thing that you went through and you they you can get creative with it. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding? 
or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical. If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into The Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in The Daily Book Club. Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, I, I love hearing hearing that and hearing that there are resources out there to to, to help you. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of health savings accounts, too. It's probably why your friends like them so much. They're kind of the... Yeah. The the beauty, like you can, you know, tax deduct your contributions mm-hmm. and then, you know, you don't have to pay um, any taxes on the money that you're using uh, to pay out of the health savings account. You know, it used to be that, you know, if you owned a home, you could get a home equity line of credit and it would just be beauty. But now you can't deduct your home equity line of credit that you take out unless you use it to rehab your home. So, you know, that option isn't as great. But you know, I think just to be able to have a conversation about options and that that you know when you when you talk about suicide, like I I can't even imagine when you, when you say you know you you felt really bad, like I can't even imagine what that feels like because I'm not had that experience. But you know, through you sharing that, it just gives me some perspective on like how how real that that risk of suicide actually is, and and particularly if. You know your your choices are staring down. You know not being able to to have these surgeries to be myself versus you know going into debt. You're you're probably going to choose the going into debt option, of course. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just, um, I don't know, it's just great to hear, you know, your perspective and just to be able to know that there are, you know, lots of options out there. And, you know, I, of course, always, you know, double check with your with your health insurance, too, because like mm-hmm. you said, you had to, you know, keep pastoring. So, you know, get on the phone and, and, and be kind of your own advocate, too, would would probably be something that I would imagine most people have to do in this in this situation. And if something doesn't sound right or if something like I just it's so hard because I know that there's so much anxiety and social anxiety. And I also know for marginalized people, it's like, ooh, I don't want to take up any space. Um, I don't want to email again. If I double email, that's haunting, you know, but right, right. Uh, but I've had the most luck with just being like, I don't understand what you're saying. Why is this not covered? Okay. Can you like right. even just saying like can you rephrase that or like what or like even just being like okay so why you know what are the options if if this if i want to cuz sometimes too like you know they'll push a certain type of um top surgery on you when you might only need a a different type and uh and so like getting second opinions but also calling ahead to be like is there a fee for this opinion there's a big difference between a boutique surgery center and someone at a hospital um you know the boutique surgery center would cost more uh there would be you know fees involved for going to the hospital that aren't covered by this boutique surgeon. But then if you go with a surgeon who's connected to a hospital, like I did with DeLeo and UCLA, then that's kind of molded together. Um, and just ask, you just have to kind of be a thorn in people's sides, which is, I know, like, just nerve wracking. Um, I think also, like, it does, if it doesn't sound right, if you're like, this sounds like too much money, it probably is. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Um. You got to be your advocate, but also you know check it. And like you say, there's such a big community. Like always checking with the community about. Um. You know. Yeah. You can also weigh travel costs. So if you are in LA, let's say, and you're like, okay, this is going to cost X amount, but if I go to the surgeon that people like in Salt Lake City or something, would it actually cost me less to go to Salt Lake City and stay? Ooh, with, right. You know, like there's there's travel as well that you can do. You don't have to get surgery in like New York City if you're in New York City. <laughs> I I wanted to ask you too, you, you started your podcast, Bad With Money, and I think it was 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and then you wrote a book called Bad With Money as well. And I'm wondering, you know, how has your money story changed since you started the show? Because I know that you know, you 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 started the show, and kind of what you started to talk about was maybe a little bit more like traditional, if we're going, if we can use that word, money mm-hmm. advice. And then you really, you know, had changed the show over the years. So tell us a little bit about you know how your money story has changed with with the show over the years. Um, well, I started out completely unaware of literally anything to do with money, and then I became. By like season two, you know, like in the beginning, I was asking questions like, what is a stock and what is credit card interest and things like that. And then as I got into seasons two and three of the show, I was like, oh, everything's broken and we have to like <clears throat> become socialists. And then uh, I has slowly started getting more into like the political side of things while still I still do episodes 
that are very um, educational and very like, here's what taxes are, are, and and here's what you need to know about buying a home. And here's, you know, very like um, learning episodes. But then I've also done episodes that are more learning in terms of learning about the systemic issues with regards to money. So, you know, I did one that was like on uh, indigenous, uh, COVID's impact on indigenous lands uh, and financially what's going on, what was going on in those communities during COVID. I did, sorry, um, I've done ones about uh, disability. I've done ones about um, transness, queerness. Uh, what happened? I did an episode that I really loved uh, a while ago called "What If You're Fucked," and it was about like people who were in a motorcycle accident and lost a leg, and what did they do? Or someone who was identity thefted, and what did they do? Um, and just like certain people that you know are in these financial situations that nobody talks about, like everyone's just like save your money and or get money from your parents or whatever. And it's like, they don't take into account, like, what if you're a drug addict? Like, you know, what if you're experiencing homelessness? What if a million different things happen at once? You get diagnosed with cancer and then also your dog gets sick and then also you're evicted. Like they, people don't, a lot of money people like are not living in reality. And I just started hearing from listeners and stuff about like these very real realities that like, I think if you brought them to a a typical money expert, they'd be like, uh, 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 I don't, uh, you know, (laughs) right. No, I don't, I'm not giving money on, um, uh, advice for, uh, people who are unhoused and also have cancer. Jeez. You know what I mean? Like, because it's hard because it's too hard, but that's more people than not. And so I think my perspective changed really entirely. And I just have more awareness of the world around me, but also like I started saving. I started, I got more confident in the stock market. I got more confident in asking questions. I got more confident in uh, like starting an IRA. Like I, I just, all these things that I, I didn't even, I, I didn't even know how you, how you did the stock market. I was like, what do you do? You go to a website, you click a link, like, well, how do you, how do you do stock market? Like I had no idea. And now I'm like, why is my investments low? <laughs> right now, now you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now I know about this stuff. Yeah. I want it working for me. Now I'm, I'm sad about my investments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now that you have that perspective. Well, I love that the topics that you have in your show. I mean, it's really super inspiring for me because I, I love, you know, talking about money from from this different perspective. So first off, I just want to say thank you to you for doing what you do because I think it's amazing. But you know, before we wrap up, like we've we've talked about so much. This is really an eye-opening conversation. You know, if someone's listening, I wonder like what are the biggest personal takeaways that that you've learned during this transitioning journey that you think could just really help someone else if they're listening and, and maybe they're embarking on this journey or thinking about this journey as well. Um, ask for help from anyone, from anyone. And also, <clears throat> you don't have to buy everything. You don't have to. I was like buying like a, a certain types of soap and I was nervous about this and nervous about that. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to buy every single thing they recommend. You can stop and think about what, (laughs) what you actually need. But 
asking for help, asking for options, asking your friends, putting on online, like what, what did you do in this situation? I like started swelling on one side. I texted every single person I've ever known. Like, what did you have swelling? What did you do? Like I, it's really a community effort. And if you don't have community, there are people online who will help you. There are organizations that their whole thing is to help people with transition and with hormones. And at least for me personally with top surgery, it, it's a long process. And I was incredibly impatient. And I think that's good for being pushy and getting stuff done. But I also was like, just, I mean, I don't know, I guess my advice is be impatient and be persistent because <laughs> it did work. <laughs> but I also like made myself, uh, you know, cry all the time. So I don't know. I'm not the best person to, I'm not a role model. <laughs> this was an eye-opening episode for me, learning more about transitioning and how to deal with the astronomical costs associated with it all. I really loved Gabe's wisdom of finding a community of friends that you can talk to and share resources with. Also to just not be afraid to ask questions and talk about the money side of things, because that's a huge part of the process. You know, trans rights are under attack more than they have ever been in the last couple of years. All of us in the Everyone's Talking Money family are here to support everyone in their journey of being authentically who they are supposed to be. If you want to connect with Gabe, you can follow their journey at Pod on Instagram. You can also check out the Bad With Money podcast wherever you're listening to this episode right now. All right, this was a really important episode, and I would love for you to just share this with friends and family members. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guests, as well as the sponsors who make this show possible. I will see you back here, my friend, for another episode in just a few days. 